There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to 47 Survivors on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast on the ABC TV series The Crossing. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve and we'll be discussing episode 6 of The Crossing. You notice I left out the season one part because that's all there's going to be. Uh, See, you were so hopeful. I know. And I don't (laughs) trust anything ever anymore. Obviously, there were major cuts across the board. Yes. Oh my gosh, this was a, a rough week for shows. Yes, it was. There was a lot of really pretty decent shows out there that got the axe, and it's just like, I don't know what the networks are expecting. You aren't going to get 10 million viewers. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. No, because it's, you know, a whole different time. People are watching stuff later. They're seriously back when, oh God, when we were growing up so many years ago, when they had those <laughs> big, big numbers. Right. I you mean, had three channels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that. There was more channels when I was growing up, but you didn't have like, 80% of the kids in soccer and baseball and everything, you know, and that was always on like Saturday morning. Right. You know, now where, it's seven days a week. Right. So, I mean, it's a lot different. We're in a whole different kind of, I don't know, lifestyle. Right. People are always on the go. You're not going to have all of those at one time. And then something I was reading, which made me sad that they, some of these were being canceled, some of the shows that we've talked about. And it's because they want to bring back old shows because Something like Roseanne was doing well for this first comeback. Right. So they wanted to bring back old shows like that. You're not going to have the same numbers. Nope. Because I heard that they wanted to bring back Home Improvement. For example, it's like, really? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe do that to like one of the streaming services because I guess the Fuller House did okay on streaming, but it would have been crushed in primetime. Oh, absolutely. But you have something like this, which is really intriguing and pulling people in. And they're like, uh, we're not going to say it. Right. We're not going to keep it. That doesn't make sense. No. Because as of Friday the 11th, TV Line reported that The Crossing has been canceled by ABC and the air date for its series finale has yet to be determined. So who so, knows if we're going to get to see the jeez. Uh, that would suck if they just stopped Final it. episode. Yeah. Unless, and here's a stretch, they actually redo their season finale so it's not on like a huge cliffhanger. Right. Which yeah, would be nice, that, but... Yeah, but that is stretching it a lot. Yeah. They go back and remake it. But the ratings for episode six was a 0.5 and a two share in adults 18 to 49 with 3.67 million viewers. The live plus seven days for episode three... It was 25th in viewers' total gain, going from 4.088 to 6.4 million viewers, 
for an increase of 2.312 million viewers. That's a good amount of people. Yes, it is. And it was 24th in percentage gain, increasing by 57%. How can you complain about a 57% increase? Right. You just got to give people time to watch it. Yeah, and episode four tied for 20th in viewers' total gain, going from 4.086 to 6.158 million viewers for an increase of 2.072 million viewers. And the 51% was just slightly outside of the top 25 percentage gain. That so, is still amazing. Yeah, and almost all of the shows that the networks canceled Friday were in the top 25 in the Live Plus 7 numbers. That doesn't make any sense. None whatsoever. What do you want to keep the ones that are barely hanging on? Like, yeah, get two or three million viewers instead of six. Oh, jeez, seriously. And we are missing Terry today because he had previous obligations. But this is not Terry's fault, even though he said he's cursed. Yeah. Because every time he really likes a show, that's kind of like every show anymore. Right. Because every time Jess and I do one, it's like, all right. Oh my gosh, we got a second season and we're done. Yeah. You know, it's like mo- half our shows didn't get through season one. And then when we have another one that makes it to season two, we're done. We're like, like Steve and I, we had very few shows make it to a third season. <laughs> <laughs> and if it made it past that, it was a miracle. Right. So it does make me sad though, but I don't know. Maybe we're going to get some really good new shows and not necessarily relaunching shows that we watched. A couple decades ago. Right, yeah. Yeah, if we have a a flashback to old shows on network, we'll be moving our coverage over to uh, Netflix. Right. (laughs) We do cover some of that stuff anyway, but yeah, there's a, yeah, that's definitely going to be it. We want original programming, not just rehashing. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about episode six, though, shall we? All right. LKA. Jude is forced to confront his past when he travels back to Oakland to seek assistance from a former colleague. Meanwhile, Caleb reaches out to Marshall after noticing heightened security around the camp, and Sophie experiences an unexpected setback with her plan to help Reese reunite with her daughter. Oh boy, did she. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, where do you want to start? Because this episode, I was, Steve was, I think, I don't think you were feeling well when we were doing this, so I was tweeting. Right, yeah, you tweeted this. Yeah. this was- <laughs> so I did put FGS so you guys at least know it wasn't Steve. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so thanks everybody for tweeting with me. I was just kind of randomly throwing thoughts out there because this episode, I'm like, what? What's happening here? How is that going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I hope people are following me, okay? Right. <laughs> because there's just all these random stuff that's kind of coming through my head because watching this episode, I was, again, not trusting anyone right and most of the time i was like right on point with it is how i felt this episode right so let's start with the camp where we have marshall caleb and hannah and caleb finds workers installing a live wire fence around the camp how very hunger games of you yes now of course he goes looking for agent wren but of course has to settle for agent bryce foster who is less than willing to listen to his concerns. Oh, yeah. He was just a bundle of joy. Yeah. He was definitely um, spewing the company line there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's your protection. Yeah. Is it? Really? 
Huh. Bryce, if you only knew what Emma knew. Well, maybe he'd pay attention. <laughs> he would, exactly. But I was a little mad because then, of course, you know, he's all suspicious. So he goes to talk to Hannah to, so she can call Marshall. But he just right. kind of like busts in the door and <laughs> she's on the phone. First of all, girl, you got to find a better way to lock your door. Yes. <laughs> or they need some kind of code, you know, knocking, something. Because I thought she was about to drop the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting because Marshall's friend is there. The one who is all, I'm not going to help you. What's about this girl? Okay, let's do this. Right. Mr. Good old game. Mr. Two seconds of attention span. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, let me talk to him. It just kind of snatches the phone away. Nobody knows who you are, dude. Right. Like, they barely know who Marshall is. And when you're like, oh, yeah, nobody, nobody knows what's happening to you. There's no media attention. And everyone thinks you're from Russia. It's like, uh, I don't think you're helping because he doesn't exactly have any idea of what's going on in this time period. Right. So when you're like, hey, go take pictures and then we'll take care of it. I'm like, you're going to get them busted so fast with that phone. Oh, absolutely. And I'm seriously, why don't they know what silent is? Yeah. (laughs) Turn the phone on silent. Tell her how to do it because... When you're taking pictures, at least if it's on silent, nobody's going to hear that click, and you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. That sound might stand echo out. through the tree. Right? I'm like, come on. You're telling me nobody can hear that sound. But when, right. when Gabe uploaded it to the conspiracy website, I'm like, all right, guys, no going back now. And one of, one of the people following us is like, well, they'll come back after commercial. I'm like, oh, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and of course... The feds end up getting it. Not just any feds. Oh, Lindauer. Because I'm yeah, so well, surprised. Eve, yeah, Eve emailed Lindauer about it. So Eve was the first one who saw it. Oh, so she's the one watching all the conspiracy websites. Uh, apparently so. Is that your job? Put on your tinfoil hat? I mean, I'm just wondering. Yeah, or it might be the um, other 10 or 15 or so that weren't able to... Uh, Attend the get together, shall we say? And um, well, I guess between twenty five people, maybe they can watch enough. Yeah, if it's just one person, I figure that's kind of a stretch. Unless there's some kind of program one of them wrote to like look for certain keywords. Right, that'd be interesting. Now I want to know about that. <laughs> so of course they have to search everybody and everything to find the phone, as it is outlawed. Right. And this this was interesting. Yeah. Because Roy comes to Hannah's cabin as she is on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. Again, girl, you need to do things better and a little safer. I don't know. Hide when you're doing that. Not just be in your cabin. So the first thing that somebody would see when they open the door is you on the phone. But you have to give her credit. She does manage to figure a way to, shall we say frustrate Roy and therefore get him out of her cabin without finding the phone. Yeah. Nice. And I was a little ticked at Roy though. Right. Just because she's like, what, you want to search me? You want to strip search me? And he's like, don't act like you're not hiding things from me. I'm like, oh, she snuck out basically one time. Right. You got, well, you busted her out. I get that, that you're ticked because she kind of played on everything. That you were doing for her. Right. But what else is she hiding from you? Now, granted, we know the phone. He doesn't know that. Right. I mean, he doesn't want to know what happened with them, where they came from. 
And if he nope. really did, I guess if he just asked her, she'd probably tell him. <laughs> she might. And then he'd be like, okay, yeah, right, you're lying to me. So I feel like it with his attitude, I don't understand it exactly. Well, I think it was not only the fact that she used him to get out of the camp, but she also was hanging with Marshall. Oh, my and God. Think, so yeah, she, cause she was... You've got a jealous military guy here. Oh, God. Yeah. Dude. It, you don't know her or anything. I mean, granted, Marshall doesn't either, but there's no jealousy that should be happening right now with that. No. <laughs> don't be that guy. No. Ay, ay, ay. So, of course, we see Hannah, Caleb, and Rebecca in the meal cabin, and sure enough, phone goes off with our tattling Thomas right there in the on the table next to him. I'm surprised he even bothered to come sit next to them. You're telling me there's no place else in that place to, in that cabin to sit? Right. Because you're like, oh, I was threatened once by Caleb. Let me sit close so I can listen to him. Yeah, yeah find out what's going on. Right. I mean, that's what he's supposed to be doing for Lindauer. I just feel like... on everything, but yeah, <laughs> they got to be a little bit further away. Maybe <laughs> I need to go somewhere else. I would not be close. That's all I'm saying. Well, I bet he won't be close anymore. I don't know. So, uh, again, of course, silent, silent guy. Yeah. Well, they probably don't have cell phones 170 years in the future. They've probably got something a little slicker. Well, at least they figured <laughs> out how to not have the ringer on. Could you imagine? You know, yeah, all of a sudden, exactly. BOC like, starts playing or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, Hannah hands it to um, Caleb. And later, Caleb is out in the woods talking to Marshall. Unfortunately, Foster and company find him and, of course, want phone. Of course, because it's illegal. Yeah. And it's like, where'd you get it? Well, I'm not going to tell, tell you. Right. And that whole back and forth was kind of interesting because you had all, well, it wasn't even all the survivors. But the no, survivors but it was, there was a around. handful of them, yes. Right. Wanting to see what was going on and what was going to happen with this. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Foster tells Marshall to take the phone and <laughs> just, uh, no, I'm not messing with this dude. Like, let him talk. It's like, really? But everything he said, it wasn't a lie. No, absolutely not. Yeah, basically, Ren has disappeared and what's going on since then? Right. All this crazy it's shit, basically. Yeah, fences and more guards, and it feels more like a prison than uh, a temporary layover. Right. <laughs> and I thought we were getting out. You are. Okay, really? Even in the future, I can smell this is a bunch of crap. And I love that when he's like, give me the phone. He's like, what are you, their retriever? You're their dog? Yeah. All right. And when he did this, I'm like, whoa, what? Because he just yeah. falls off and throws the phone into the lake. I'm hoping at least Marshall was on the other line this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we don't know for sure. No. Yeah, hopefully Marshall is on was on the line and hit record. Or it's voicemail. Right. Something where it's recording it. Yeah, so it's like, all right, well, I guess nobody's got the phone now, unless there's right. a whole bunch of rice and they can go get it and dry it out. <laughs> Maybe it's, a, it's like my phone and it's okay in water. Who knows? But we may never know. I assumed he was going to have one of the agents, like, dive in and go get it, because they're going to want to know right. who he was yeah. talking to. Of course. I know. What do you, you think that 
that's going to be something that they show because we don't see anything else in regards to right. The home. No, I don't. It's apparent to me that Bryce is way over his head. I'm hoping Rand he would realizes handled it. it much better, and the way Bryce handled it, it no, they're just going to lose control here real quick. Yeah, I think you're right. This could be bad, and it could go bad fast. Yeah. Now, of course, later in the evening, Caleb pays Thomas a visit. Oh, I had that out of order. I'm sorry. And it was funny the way, because first we see Thomas, and, oh, there's a bottle of wine on his bed. I wouldn't have drank it, because I would have thought it was somebody trying to catch me and poison me. (laughs) Well, I'm sure he figured it had to be from Lindauer, and... They see, I trust nobody. Exactly. And, um, of course, Caleb comes in and basically uh, lets Thomas know what is what. And, no, he doesn't kill him, but he hurts him real well. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a funny line. It's like, okay, you know what? I won't tell anybody what you did, and you don't tell anybody what I did. And right. Thomas is like, what? What did you do? Crack. I broke your leg. Be quiet. Okay, bye. How is he going to explain what uh, what he did? Because it's... Right, yeah. I was climbing a tree. I don't know. Good luck Fell with out of story. the bed. Uh... <laughs> that's a hell of a break for falling out of a bed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be interesting to see how that gets uh, washed away. Yeah, good luck, dude. Exactly. All right, let's talk about Sophie. Dr. Sophie and Reese. Oh, well... Dr. Sophie is at least sharing Leah's recovery, and it's great because she's healing, so she's taking pictures and and writing notes and doing all this stuff that you think a good doctor would do, right? Right. Eh, It's probably not so good. But she's like, you know what? I've made arrangements for Leah to be taken to the hospital for some new tests now that she seems to be stable. Right. All right. Well, this seems like, all right, I was kind of on the fence. I'm like, is she doing this so Reese can get her, or is she doing this so she can actually run more tests and get stuff that she needs? Since Reese kept saying, no DNA, no blood, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, I think this was this was to get Reese and Leah back together. Okay. Because at the, this point in time, Sophie's still got the other test tube full of Reese's uh, good stuff, shall we say. <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> and... Rebecca is getting the information because that's kind of her adoptive mom at this point. Right. She's like, she's doing good. Don't worry. And suddenly Rebecca's like, how are you treating her? How did this happen? And Sophie was really, she's like, oh, you know, I can't give all the information out about how we're doing this. And do you think that Rebecca knew right away or it was just a hunch? Because she basically warned Sophie about Apex. Right. No, I had a feeling that she knew from as soon as Leah recovered, there was no bu- no way that they could have figured it out 170 <laughs> years before it happens when in their present, they hadn't figured out a cure for it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because she actually says there is no cure in the future for it. If you get it, you die. Right. And the only cure is being one of the people who created this. Right. Ah, okay. And so, yeah, little light bulb moment, I guess, then for Rebecca. Yeah. Now, we do see Sophie uh, doing a little experiment 
on the cure she made with Reese as she combines it with some of her blood cells. And wow, it looked like it just energized those cells. Yeah, it was like, totally different looking. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so... A hundredfold. So unprofessional. Like, why aren't yeah. you wearing gloves? I mean, obviously exactly. I see why, but that's not how you do an experiment, lady. No. Saying that. But she does finally meet up with Reese, so yay. Because right. she tells her about Lee's condition and shows her a photo. And that's when she gives her the information about the hospital. It's like, great. Except Reese doesn't seem to want to follow the game plan. Right. Because she's like, no, do this, this, and this. She's like, listen, I'm trying to do this the most covert way possible. Right. And I don't know. Reese just is hard-headed. Absolutely she is. <sighs> she's kind of making me mad again. Because, <laughs> of course, she heads to the harbor to find the boat owner that saved her and she asks his help in obtaining legal documents for her and leah right because he's like i don't know what you're talking about why would i know that hmm your tattoo perhaps and then she starts speaking to him in russian yeah whoa hold on a minute (laughs) so they're multilingual as well i wonder if they know every language on on the planet Mm, that's interesting yeah so of course kurt takes her to the the mafia hideout where she meets Victor and she informs him what he needs, but of course he's skeptical to say the least. And oh, right, because he thinks she's a cop or something. Right. And she t- handles that very quickly as she incapacitates his man and holds him at gunpoint. Yeah, this was funny. Like, here, take this bag. Open the bag. I don't have time <laughs> for your stupidity. Yeah. And he opens it. It's like, that's a heck of a lot of money. Right. I love it. Where did you get this? The bank? She wasn't lying. No, because we see Nestor looking at a completely destroyed ATM. (laughs) Yeah, and his, that isn't good. Yeah. All right, Nestor, that's the understatement. I do like you right now, because that was a total understatement. Yeah. Uh, It's cracking me up, though. But what wasn't expected was apparently Lindauer has gotten a hold of Dr. Forbin, and set up a meeting at the pier. What is his obsession with coffee? I don't know. I guess they don't have it in the future is the only thing I'm going to say. But you've right, been here, what, yes. 10 years? And you're still like, this is awesome. Yeah. Granted, I feel that way when I get caffeine basically every time. So I guess right. I can't fault him too much. But come on. <laughs> like, he's obsessed with coffee. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Lindauer asks how she managed to cure Leah, and Sophie, of course, gives him some medical BS, and because Lindauer knows that there was no way that she could have been cured, and so she ha- had to have had some help from the Apex. So, guess what? We really appreciate your help, and you're done. Yep. And she's like, but, hold on, I she's not totally cured and what about my work it's like oh no honey sorry it's all governments now yeah her face yeah white it turned white as a ghost yeah it just oh i felt so bad for her because she returns to the camp and they don't let her in you're not on the list yeah and she's not quite as um instinctual as uh <laughs> jude is about this stuff so well, yeah, I mean, I guess at that point she should have figured, oh, my God, they're seizing everything I've done. I'm super screwed. Right. But right yeah. here, when she kept, like, 
kind of grabbing her chest or her arm. Like she, and you can see she was in pain, like physical right. pain. Why would you turn around and leave then? Right. Like, I don't Yeah, that made no sense. The whole, as soon as it looked like she was possibly having a heart attack, no, you, you do not keep, try to keep driving. No, maybe you tell them, somebody get my meds, get my meds. I need it now. Right. You could have used the heart attack to get back possibility in. to get back in, right. if nothing else. Right. Something. Get the right. other doctor there, whatever. But I just felt like that was a really stupid move. And then as she's driving, she calls Reese. Right. And it's like, okay, I get it. You're trying to tell her what's going on so she doesn't think you cheated her and she comes after you or something. Right. But maybe you take your nitro. Yeah. Or whatever you're on for it. I just feel like you're a doctor. You should think of these things. But it seems like she has book smarts, but not necessarily street smarts. Like, right. if there's an answer in a book, she can figure it out. But critical thinking seems to be a little bit out of her range right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was just the emotional stress of being completely locked out and losing what little hope she had for a cure for herself that caused her not to think clearly, okay. or if she's just one of those that, yes, is intellectually intelligent, but common sense, none. <laughs> Especially as she's on the phone and she's pleading for an additional blood sample, because she's like, you can cure the world, you can cure me. Right. And I'm like, all right, Rebecca told you about Apex, and basically told you like they don't care about anything they have like no emotion so trying to play on her emotions doesn't seem like the best of ideas no and yeah but fortunately she doesn't drive off a cliff but into a rock yeah because she's kind of like into the mountain because that was the other thing if you're driving and you can essentially go like right off road i don't think that's the best of idea to keep driving no (laughs) not at all but she wakes up in the hospital and looks at her heart monitor. Cardiologist comes in the room and tells her that she has bad news. Sophie tells her, I already know. Right. She's like, yeah, I know. Got this. Yeah. So we may not have Dr. Forbin around for much longer either. I know. I was thinking they were going to kill her off and we weren't even going to know if she made it off the mountain. Right. At least we know she's in the hospital. So there's that. But Reese returns to Victor. This time to buy weapons. And yeah, those were some mighty big guns that she was buying. Yeah, they were. (laughs) Like, Homeland Security has no clue what's about to hit them. Maybe you guys shouldn't be acting like jerks. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But this all all takes us to our other storyline. Yes. Jude's backstory. Which I'm glad that we got. It was a little sad. Yes. It actually was. And then there was some that made it like, oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. You know, everything's kind of falling into place for us. And and then a couple things that when it happened, it's like, oh, I'm glad that happened before because that was a direct line to now. So I was glad we got it overall. Right. Basically, he was part of a uh, a drug busting team. Mm -hmm. And they were about to... Do a bust on a cartel when his partner gets shot and killed, and Jude discovers that their sergeant was secretly involved in the cartel's business. Oh, I was so ticked. Yeah. And apparently the sergeant also had found out that his partner had 
some information and had planned the fake bus to take him out. Yeah, all the little clues that Jude had then helped him later in this episode. Yeah, just a little. So, of course, despite all the discouragement, Jude takes the case to court, working with Martin, the lawyer. I was iffy about Martin. I right. Still, um, I don't know, because he seemed too eager when they were first in the diner, and his superior didn't want to take the case. Right. And then later, when he was helping Jude, you know, he's like, didn't you learn anything? Fine, I'll help you. And all the things that happened when he helped Jude, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you're working for them. Maybe you're one of them we didn't see. Exactly. It's very possible that he could be. So, of course, it was creepy as all get out when Jude comes home one day to find the sergeant there with his family. Oh, that was bad because it was those sly little comments. Yeah. And uh, Jason was watching with me. He's like, I wouldn't eat that casserole. No, 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 no. no. don't, yeah, that needs to go in the garbage, you don't know what's in there, he was none, none too subtle about that, and then it made things worse, because Jude was on painkillers, because he'd gotten shot, and he just kept taking them, right, and so, essentially, what happens, you get hooked on them, yeah, it was horrible watching, like, the downslide, and then just to see how his wife was reacting to him, with the case, with him being on the medication, and just how everything changed. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is painful to watch. It really was. And you can imagine this happening in real life all the time. Right. Is the wife's got to think about the safety of their child, and with you standing firm on trying to take this to court, that's putting them in danger. Right. And that's what broke them up. And... Then you come back to present day, and, of course, that lawyer is the one who he's asking for help. And that's who he called a couple episodes back. Right. And he, of course, is like, you didn't learn anything, did you? Yeah. This is like history of repeating itself. He's like, fine, I'll ask a couple questions. It's like, again, thank you, but I feel like you're too eager to do it. Does that make sense? Like, Very possible. Very possible. But here's something I thought was weird because we talked about it. I don't know if it was last episode or before that. Um, Jude's like, all right, I'll go visit my kid and my ex because we have a great relationship. And he's like, oh, you painted and you redecorated. And why did you sign up Oliver for soccer? Because you're moving. So that seems weird. Yeah. And that's when she drops the bomb on him. Yeah. They're not moving. Feel safe. And she's found somebody new. Okay, so my only hope it isn't somebody that somehow was connected to the case previously. Right. Because that'll be crappy. Yeah. It ends up being the sergeant. Oh, God. No, she knows him. There's no way. There's no no way. (laughs) No, if she'd never met him and they did that, I I can see that happening. But she met him and she's got to be like, all right, this creeper just threatened me. Never mind. Right. But <laughs> as this is happening, he gets a call, at least, from Martin. It's like, hey, I got information. Somebody's willing to meet with you. Somebody. Right. You don't get a name. You just get an address. Yeah. Of a building. And when he goes there, really, there's nobody in the lobby. You're just going to no. walk into this place. The cameras aren't on. You're in, And you're in, what, Oakland? Yeah. 
Um, like, <laughs> no. as soon as that happened, I'm like, don't go in there. Don't hit that button. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like talking to the screen like it's a scary movie. Yeah. And it, thankfully, Spidey sense starts tingling and he's looking around like, wait a second. This feels way too familiar and I'm just not going to do that again. And that's what I, I really got worried because then when he talks to Martin again, he's like, you blew off the meeting. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what if he is working with them or one of it's, them? Yeah. It, the way Martin acted in this episode, it's very likely that he could be. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as Martin leaves the restaurant, Lindauer calls Jude. Right. Yeah. Because so that totally could have been Lindauer in the building. Gonna, said, well, we killed one Homeland Security agent. Might as well kill another uh, local sheriff. Ooh, what if he like had Ren up there or something? Like right. He was going to somehow find a way to blame Jude. Yeah, that would have been something else. Way to blackmail uh, Jude. Now I kind of wish we had like a flash, you know, of who was in the other room. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> so Jude arranges for a meeting that evening. Of course, as Lindauer is pulling up, he gets pulled over by Deputy Nestor. Yes, thankfully he's not really close to the meeting spot, so anybody he had there to help ambush... Right, is not not close enough to do anything. Right. And I (laughs) love Nestor in this moment, so... Oh, yeah. "Uh, Sir, I need your license. I don't have my license. Really? Yeah. Who leaves their license at home when they get in a car? Right. Probably because he doesn't have one. Right. And then the whole thing, it's like, is that alcohol I smell? It's like, oh, man. I saw you texting on it. Right. On right. your phone. And then, of course, you know, he gets him out of the car and Jude comes around the other side. It's like, hmm, not the best of ideas here, buddy. Yeah. Gun with the serial number scratched off. Right. Because I'm sure that's not suspicious at all. No. Oh, yeah, I was just about to turn that in. Right. Yeah, right. You're a deputy undersecretary. You were on, what, a raid? Because yeah. he said he got it what, from his last case. Yeah. yeah. That is not how chain of evidence goes, buddy. You're talking no, to two cops. not at all. <laughs> Maybe if you were talking to a plebe, but you're talking to two cops. They know how chain of evidence goes. No, 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 no. Yeah. But it was nice to see... Lindauer in handcuffs. It was. Will that go very far? No. No, it won't. No, it won't. But Oh, man. So, I don't know. This has been something else. Of course, we want to know how you guys feel about everything. And if you have any ideas or questions, we want you to send them to us. And that being said, Steve, do we have any feedback today? Oh, absolutely we do. Fred from... Netherlands has given us some more audio feedback, so let's take a listen. Hello, Fangirls Zone podcasters. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the 47 Survivor podcast, and this time about The Crossing, episode 6 of season 1. First off, on the podcast of episode 4, you were talking about that you think that Eve had prepared a plausible story in case somebody, like Agent Wren, would knock on her door with questions. Listen to what you say. He's crazy. He went and got involved in a cult and left, and they believe that we should be living a better, a better life. And oh man, 
they were prepared for this. Right. Like, she had this story, and I was wondering how long she's had this, like, prepared. Oh, I'm thinking from day one. Interesting. Just in case somebody found out that they came back and found information that would help them come back. I think this is not true, because in episode 5, Jake says, No one else was supposed to come through. The access was gonna be destroyed. So, I think a story like uh, Eve gave to Agent Ren was uh, not well prepared, because nobody of the first arrivals was expecting a second arrival. I just think this Eve is a very smart and quick thinker. One other very smart and big thinker, uh, and quick thinker is Hannah. She took quite a risk when Roy came into his, her cabin, um, but her smart move worked uh, perfectly. Hannah to Roy when he is looking for her phone in the cabin. So what now? Pat down? A strip search? Should I take my clothes off? And Roy is not feeling very comfortable with that, and he says, don't do that. So this is the way she escapes a strip search. Another uh, scene I liked a lot is uh, how uh, Jude and Nestor arrest Lindauer in his car. It is very nicely played by them. Um, By the way, I don't have any doubts that Nestor is being honest and loyal, as Sean does. Um, I I do trust him. I don't know if Sean in the meanwhile also trusts him, but I do. Um, What I also liked about this episode, although it took quite some scenes... Uh, and quite some time from this episode, is that we learn more about the background of Jude, including the Oakland incident and what this did to his relationship with his wife. And the stupid thing about this with his wife is that you can understand both their standpoints. Um, And it's, yeah, I think it's very difficult to get together with these standpoints. I don't know how they would do it. I have three nitpicks. Uh, The first nitpick is... uh, Still no word about uh, Agent MRN. Is she really dead? Uh, We didn't see her die. Um, I start to find this non-information about her, uh, yet now for two episodes, uh, becoming a little bit annoying. The next two nitpicks are for actually and about Dr. Sophie. Uh, When Sophie takes a bit of Reese's stem cells and brings this in contact with a drop of her own blood, she does this in a way that Reese's uh, stem cells could get into her own bloodstream and in her body. Not a very wise procedure for one of the best so-called infectious disease experts on the world. And the, ver- and the second thing about uh, Dr. Sophie, um, I have a very good tip for Dr. Sophie. When having a heart attack, you always keep driving and try to reach for your pills. Stopping the car is no option. You hear? Funniest moment in the episode, I think, was when Nesta was checking the destroyed ATM machine and saying, that can't be good. Okay, that's what this was all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Alright, I don't know, maybe Eve has thought about this story for a while, just in case something ever happened. I mean, it does seem weird now that what you pointed out, what we've talked about with Hannah, and then, right. yeah... I mean, if she didn't know he was coming. So that does seem kind of weird now that you've pointed that out. Oh, absolutely. But I still think it could go either way. I mean, I guess if she is the so-called leader of the group, then, yeah, she might be the someone who could 
think on her feet that quickly to come up with that type of story when confronted with the picture of her husband. Heck, probably uh, no. That's what happened to her real husband, or her second husband. <laughs> Maybe he did run off and join a cult. We don't know. Yeah. Because he's never there. So who knows? I agree, Hannah's smart, quick thinker, too. Yep. However, to make Roy feel uncomfortable to get him out of the cabin was a good good idea. Right. All right. So you trust Nestor. I'm still on the fence. I did like him this episode. Yes. I want to, <laughs> but the second I start liking somebody. Right. Uh, <laughs> see, I've been betrayed too many times on my shows, Fred. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Yes. And we agree with um, Sophie not being the smartest one on the uh, planet with the way she was uh, testing with um, Reese's stem cells. Now, Fred says don't stop the car if you're having a heart attack. I don't know. I think she should have played it. Uh, he's being really, really facetious. Okay. There. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, are you serious? Maybe you guys have doctors much closer. I don't know. Yeah, no. If you're just being, yeah, facetious, then yeah. If that just, ugh, why? Yeah. Why would you play it to the guards to get your butt back in there? Exactly. And still nothing on run, though. So yeah. that is irksome. Yes, because the longer it goes, the more likely is she is dead. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But so. thank you, Fred. Yes, and the best, funniest moment of the episode was definitely Nestor saying, that can't be good. Right, yeah. Oh, uh, we appreciate it, Fred. Keep up the great work and catching some of our uh, questionable uh, predictions, <laughs> shall we say. I always have to have something questionable. Oh, of course. I mean, that's why we do this, <laughs> so we can throw out insane tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> so looking forward to hearing from you next week. Thank you, Fred. Thanks, everybody, like I said earlier, for tweeting along. Just because this is the first time we actually tweeting on 47 survivors continuously and not to confuse everybody. Right. That's why I just kept putting FG's S so you knew it was me. And it, some of your thoughts were just great. And we're glad that you're you know listening to us, too, because some people were really eager when our next episode was out. And we were a little delayed because of um, me being sick again. You know, right. what? I work and in general public. It gets kind of hard. Yeah. I get a lot of germs <laughs> coughed at me. Yeah. But I am working as diligently as I can to try to get us caught up as quickly as possible. Yes, because Steve is awesome. Please review and rate us on iTunes with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends, and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast. Uh, and if you want to tweet along with us, check us out at the number 47 Survivors. We're on Facebook at FGZone. Our Instagram is the Fangirl Zone Podcast. And, of course, if you have anything you'd like to shoot us an email about, questions, comments, theories, you can send it to contact us at fangirlzone.com. All that being said, all this craziness happening, we would like to thank Fred, thank our our, our, our tweeters. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, wish Terry a speedy recovery because he was feeling under the weather, too. Yep. And for this episode of 47 Survivors, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Right now, I'm trying to determine if you're the bravest man I know or the stupidest. And until next time.